Welcome to LCS Talks. I'm Berkeley Glazer, and I'm the principal of Langley Christian Middle School. We have our regulars today. We've got Kevin Merchandani, who's our director of instruction. We've got Dave McVitie, who is our therapeutic counselor. And today, special guest, we have Matthew Price, who is the lead pastor at North Langley Community Church. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. So uh, we would love you to tell us a little bit about your work in Langley in the church context. Sure. And uh, I know you did a series called Digitology, which really sounds interesting. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so I've been at North Langley Community Church for 15 years. Uh, I spent the first five years as a youth pastor and the last 10 years uh, as a lead pastor. And so, uh, yeah, you, you know, you think through like sermon series and things that you could teach on. Mm. And so we, we're on this journey of, of becoming apprentice to Jesus. It's the language that Dallas Willard uses. And for discipleship. And so we're we're just thinking about what it means to follow Jesus, the basics. And just recently we've had this series on on the digital age. And, you know, uh, how would Jesus uh, call us to live faithful to him in the digital age? Awesome. Yeah. So, Matthew, maybe you could paint a little bit of the theological landscape for us and um, help us as a Christian community to start to think about how we might engage with technology. Absolutely. And and so I think of three things when I think theologically about uh, the digital age that we're living in. Uh, the first thing is is creation. So when I go back to Genesis, um, I just see that that God created us to be creators, right? So to actually, uh, you know, we, we are his pieces of art. We're his workmanship. And I think he loves artists. He loves people who make things. And, and uh, Genesis 2.15 says, the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And so the work in the garden is this beautiful care of the garden. And so as we, as we create technology or digital devices and tools, I think they're used, um, they are creation itself used to care for creation and to love our neighbor. And so I think digital devices and technology are good things, great tools, and we see that in, I think, in Genesis. But the second thing I think about is the fall. So uh, in our rebellion, we use digital devices in ways that lead to isolation, that lead to addiction, that lead to death. And um, I remember when I first like laid eyes on some of these things, I had the first iPod mm -hmm. ever, <laughs> the first generation. And I remember playing, you know, Super Mario Brothers as a kid or um, whatever it was, listening to the internet dial up sound, you know, when you're waiting to get on the internet. <laughs> uh, I remember all those moments and they promised us the world, right? Yeah. Like it was just like, oh, these, this is amazing. This is going to change everything. And yet we could have never imagined the polarization, the escapism, the addiction, the bullying, the impact on mental health, um, and just the new ways in which we created far more complex abilities to sin than previous generations could have dreamed. Like I think of my, my grandparents. So like, you know, th this is like kind of sin at a new, new level. So, so the first two things is I, so creation, good, right? Mm -hmm. But then also the fall sin comes in and twists it and complicates mm. it. And 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 one of the images I've that I really have appreciated is one that um, St. Augustine used and Martin Luther picked up on it was this image, this Latin phrase, incurvatus inse. It just is a life curved inwards. And when I know when I look at our digital devices, it just seems like they 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 make a life curve inward and it just cycles down inward and downward into self, mm. right? It's all about self. Mm. But the life of God is ex curvatus exe. So it's curved outwards 
Like, so I'm exposed to his love and I'm exposed to community and to my neighbor. And it's a life that moves upward and outward in, in circles of, of greater love and care for others. And so I really, I think, I think the digital world, uh, when it comes to sin has just created this incurvatus in say this, this curving inward, um, I have a third thought, but any yeah. thoughts on that, on creation or sin? Yeah, I think one of the interesting parts that you've raised here is this idea that we have moved from being co-creators into being consumers. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about what that looks like and how we become aware of when we have patterned our lives off of uh, consumerism. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's hard to tell. I mean, to be honest, I don't, <laughs> I don't know where the line is, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I'm using a digital device in just a really healthy way or mm -hmm. it's turned like all of a sudden I'm noticing that it's curving inward. Mm. I mean, I think one of just to, in my life, the one way I notice, uh, let's say with social media, is when you you play the comparison game, mm. right? Mm. And uh, just as a preacher, I notice this with other preachers, right? Um, even in our city, there's some great preachers Ash, who shall remain nameless. Uh, <laughs> but they're just amazing, right? And they're good at their craft. Mm. And so you can compare yourself with other preachers. Mm. And so you're online, either it's using YouTube or social media, and you're like, this is getting dark. Like, mm. I'm starting to use this great tool that can get the gospel out to many people to hear it, but now I'm using it to like compare my sermons with another preacher. So it's, so there's a, I don't know, there's a line there yeah. somewhere, but I don't know where it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a really helpful way to set this up. Uh, is maybe talk to us a little bit more about some of the key passages that emerge for you as you look to technology and um, maybe some that you engage with in your, yeah. um, your conversations with your congregation and some of the learning there. Totally. So the big one is the rich young ruler, Jesus with the rich young ruler. So, um, Someone might be listening to this podcast, unfamiliar with the story, but so there's a, there's a young man who comes to Jesus. He's wealthy. <laughs> he seems to be well-educated and he wants life, right? And he asks him for life. And, but Jesus looks at his, it's like Jesus has x-ray vision and can look deep into his heart. And he's like, something's not right. Mm -hmm. Something's not right. This guy, uh, money has become his God, mm -hmm. right? That money has a, has a hold on this guy. He's gripped his heart. And so he, it, Mark in Mark chapter 10, it says this, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Mm. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But actually the young, the rich young ruler turns away sad. He's mm. unwilling to let go. And I thought this is a perfect story for the digital age because, because money, um, <laughs> you could argue, is, is money good or is it evil? Well, that's not the right question, is it, right? Like it can be used for good and it can be used for evil, like digital tools, right? Uh, it could be good, used for good or used for evil. But, but really this neutral tool, money, had become an idol in his life and Jesus wants him to have freedom. He wants mm -hmm. him to have life. And he's like, the best thing for you is to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Give it to the poor and then turn and follow me, like turn towards relationship. So at, at our church, we use that as like, I think, a foundational story for the digital age. Mm -hmm. Jesus looks at you and loves you. <laughs> this is not about legalism or, you know, uh, God's anger. No, he looks at you and loves you, but he sees that this thing, what is it? Social media, your smartphone, the internet, what, like what, what's going on? It is now taken over and he's calling you to drop it, to turn and to follow him. Mm -hmm. And... um and just as a side note, I, it's been really cool to see people do that. Um, mm. Hey, I've taken social media off my phone. Hey, I've got a flip phone. Hey, you know, whatever it is, like, the, it's just like, I want to follow Jesus. And so anyway, 
Yeah, those are great examples. I, I was even thinking of um, conversations I've had in my life group of uh, creative things that we've done. Like we've set our, our phones to go off um, at a certain time. Some have put up um, little baskets that they put their phone into when they walk in. So the, the strategies and the practices are limitless in terms of what we can do to be able to thrive. And so, yeah, um, I, I, I guess what I'm wondering here is, a little bit of some of the challenges. How do we work through them? How do we put technology in its rightful place? What do we do to to think about technology um, in light of some of the challenges that communities are facing um, in, in terms of being able to actually fully experience God's abundant life? Yeah, so I, I would say like a, a huge thing here and feel free to lean in if you guys have extra ideas here, mm-hmm. but a big thing for me is just thinking about um, about wisdom. Right. And, and, and I, and I wonder if here at LCS, this is really important, um, that we're moving away from conversations about legalism and law mm-hmm. to conversations about wisdom. So, uh, in the digital age, like I said, with the rich young ruler, is this a good thing or is it all evil? And, and <laughs> we're, no, that's the wrong question. What we're trying to, what we're trying to get at is how do we, let's move away from a conversation on law um, and to move towards a conversation around wisdom. Mm. And I feel like students would love that, right? Mm-hmm. Like they would love like, mm-hmm. okay, don't just tell me my cell phone is evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I know that I'm, I know I'm looking at it a lot, <laughs> right? But just don't, don't tell me it's evil, but show me how to use this. Like, how do I use this? Because cell phones, you know, are not just going to, you know, immediately disappear. Um, so I have to learn to use this the best way possible in a complex world. So it's a tool. So I wonder if engaging students with conversations around wisdom, uh, this is a tool, how do I use this tool? How do I use it in, a, in the best way that leads to human flourishing? Or how do I use this tool in a way that allows me to love God and love my neighbor? Um, I feel like that kind of conversation, I, I think, you guys could correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like mm-hmm. students would love to be part mm-hmm. of that. They would have ideas. I mean, one thing I heard from a teenager that shared at our church, was the language she used was like, don't make it kind of the source of everything that's bad <laughs> in my life, right? Because sometimes when you take away my phone, um, you're actually taking away a link to community. And sometimes it's not the phone that's wrong, that's what's wrong with me, right? There's some other things going on. So see beyond the phone. And I was like, whoa, that's a really good thing <laughs> that a teenager is saying to adults. Like, look beyond the phone here. There might be some deeper things. So anyway, a conversation on wisdom. It's good. I, I, I love it. I mean, I think that falls in line with our, our concept of digital citizenship is teaching them wisdom and, mm. and how to utilize technology for good things mm. and and not to let it get carried away, um, not to get swept away by whatever, you know, wave is coming at you and just let it control you. Uh, it's tricky, though. We end up landing sometimes on the rules. Mm-hmm. No, no cell phones at school. Why? Because. Yeah, no social media until <laughs> you're 13. Why? Why? Because. 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 <laughs> right. That's right. right. And it, and so there's not enough tangible understanding, but there is. Yeah. We just sometimes don't share it or don't speak it out or let them process it with us. Totally. Um, or we forget to. We processed. We started processing and it got lost in the shuffle four years later. It's still just a rule now instead of the why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's deep reason and rationale for, for the wisdom there. Totally. That, that we've implemented, but keeping it front and center is yeah. huge for kids. Mm-hmm. Can I be vulnerable with a little bit of my story here? Yeah, yeah sure. Great. So um, it's interesting when I think about wisdom, I think about my own life story, 
where for many years, for about eight years, I was addicted to pornography, uh, primarily through a laptop. And for me, like if you were to ask me before the year 2006, which was the year that I feel like God brought like this freedom into my life, um, it was a very powerful story, but for another time, but like before 2006, I would say the internet and the laptop are wrong and evil, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And the irony is that we're talking here and and uh, podcast listeners can't see it, but I have my laptop right in the middle of the table here. And so, and I use the internet this morning to mm-hmm. help me put some thoughts together, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm using the laptop and the internet, hopefully in a way that is allowing me to love my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so again, so laptop and internet, not just evil, it's mm-hmm. how do I use it? And, mm-hmm. and I love that, just this idea of explaining the why behind it. Um, why is it? Because for me, the rich young ruler, Jesus looked at me and loved me. And in 2006 said, you actually need to uh, step away from your laptop and the internet. And I had mm-hmm. some, per- some strict rules around when to be on the laptop. Mm-hmm. And as the years went on, uh, and years, not just months, years went on, I slowly started to figure out new ways of good habits around the internet and the mm-hmm. laptop to the point where today I can use it. Um, and, and so, but, but, but I feel like a, a teenager would just like love that conversation, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, let's talk about this. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I got to have a flip phone because the porn on my, on my, you know, or, or the comparison games I'm playing or the addiction to things and buying things or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I mean, it could be something as simple as Facebook marketplace. Like yeah. the amount of people I talk to who are on Facebook marketplace for hours, right? Yeah. It's just like, okay, is this healthy? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Jesus is telling you to just put that down, yeah. <laughs> turn and follow him. And yeah. anyway, well, that's really helpful. I mean, in terms yeah. of taking time to be honest with ourselves and we really appreciate you sharing part of your story and I think a really important part is just being willing to have these conversations as a family to sit down and to bring the private into the public, open, transparent and honest kind of space. And that's often where good questions are asked, where learning takes place, where we're invited into not just partial spiritual formation, but whole life kind of flourishing that Jesus can enter into. And so um, I think you've really invited us to think about what this means for us as families and, um, and with our listeners who are maybe a little bit hesitant to have these conversations with their kids. Any encouragement in terms of how you might approach um, these conversations? Are you having these conversations with your own family and what does that look like? Oh, it's a it's a good question. And so this is where I hope maybe you guys can help me too. <laughs> um, I, I When I'm thinking about, when I'm thinking about, uh, my children. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to come at this as as a father. Um, one of the things that I want for my kids is that they would that they would n- notice that that things like social media, um, just to use as example, it, it's a great uh, front door, but not a great kitchen or living room. Mm-hmm. And that's an image that I'm pulling from a, an author named Jay Kim. He wrote a book called Analog Church, and he says he says just just think about something like social media. So when when I'm thinking about my kids. I want them to know, like the good front door of a home, it's the place of instant connection. Hey, how have you been? Mm-hmm. Haven't seen you in forever. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's get together. You know, have have a coffee, have a whatever. You know, it's a great front door. Mm-hmm. But where does the real living happen in a home? It happens like in the living room or for actually many of us in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when people become vulnerable mm-hmm. and tears are shed. And it's like where the real living happens. So if you use that as a metaphor, Social media is only able to deliver a great front door experience, mm-hmm. right? It w- it cannot be for you the kitchen or the living room. So I would want my kids 
to be in a school setting, a church setting, and in our own family where, hey, we're using digital tools as a great front door. Mm -hmm. um, but I would hope that they would have deeper relationships outside of social media. So mm -hmm. how, could, how could we foster that? Um, and and w w one other, so that's one point. But the second thing, I, I was just thinking about schooling and I thought, um, uh, just this idea of, of, of a school teaching children about digital identity, like mm -hmm. online. Yep. Um, and you guys use the phrase dig digital citizen? citizenship. Yeah, 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 okay. Digital citizenship. I love that. I love that. That kids would like learn what it means to be a digital citizen. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's beautiful. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, yeah it's a program uh, that we started, oh man, probably over 10 years ago. And it came out of the necessity of navigating these waters with our kiddos that are just jumping too early too prematurely online and not having the tools to navigate that well at all. Um, and then about six years ago when the new BC curriculum came out, uh, we were really hoping that there was going to be this big emphasis on digital citizenship. You know, we call it good digital, digital citizenship, but anything on digital citizenship, but it was lacking. It was just gone. It wasn't there e either. And so we went, all right, we got to continue this. And so we developed, um, you know, the, the pillars of digital citizenship, where we talk about everything from how do you stay safe on the internet, um, what does it look like to be having good e uh, etiquette when you're online, to uh, trying to develop a healthy uh, maturity line of when is it appropriate to use social media, when not. Like they, legally, they say you got to be 13. There's a reason for that. And are you lying at 11 to say about your age? And then what's that creating? You know, what kind of culture are we creating there? Are we liars as Christians or? You know, are we being honest and truthful? And there's reasons why we want to uh, allow you to navigate that successfully, but we've got to give you some tools in the meantime to get there. And I, I think what stands out to me about that concept, like where do we start when it comes to being good digital citizens, is uh, we start with ourself. Hmm. Teachers or parents, I don't, it doesn't matter which kind of lens you're looking through, but I can't teach my child to drive a car unless I drive it appropriately. Right. And so um, there comes into that like a, an example that we're called to live. Show them what it means to be good digital citizens um, and be willing to receive questions and correction. Yeah. Like humility. Right. Uh, my kids see me. You're always on your phone. I am not. But that's what they see. So I need to stop arguing and get less defensive. Say, OK, what is it they see and what am I doing with my phone that creates that belief or that perception in them and maybe they're right um and honestly even if they're not right if that's what they see that's what matters and so there's a real need for for a willingness to receive uh just like the rich young ruler right he would not receive the love offered um if we receive it as love and there's perception from others around us then our kids hopefully will receive it as love too, uh, rather than judgment and rule and law. And so um, we need to be able to check ourselves and listen to others around us and then offer that same thing to students by example. I remember my story I used to tell. My little guy was like two years old. And I when I eat popcorn, you know the kernels? I don't like the kernels, the little pieces of the shell. Yeah. So I would spit them out in the living room carpet yeah, I know. Bad, right? <laughs> like, and my wife comes home one day. She's watching us eat popcorn. And she watches my two-year-old wander around the room spitting chunks of popcorn all over the carpet. 
right? Yeah. So whatever I do, first of all, she was upset, realized it was me. We dealt with it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> still married. whatever I do, my kids magnify and they misinterpret or they don't see the way I intend. And so I have to be super careful uh, recognizing what they're seeing rather than getting defensive. Um, and that'll create hopefully that same posture of humility in them. My wife and I have uh, one of those books where we keep track of our kids' funny things that they say. And so uh, I don't have it in front of me here, but an excerpt from uh, the last couple of weeks, I'm uh, coming home and I've, I've told my son, hey, I'm putting my phone away. Um, and uh, I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to do it in a little bit. And uh, after not putting it away for five minutes, my son looks at me and says, dad, you know, I really wish you would do what you say you do. Oh. And... <laughs> and so that one that one's going in the book that was uh one of the ones of uh knowing what we know and following through and i think that's really important with our kids that we're consistent that we actually um recognize that the way that we pattern our lives around technology or use technology as a tool really helps us to be able to thrive and so um inviting our our kids um i'm speaking as a parent of, of young kids and and thinking about how how do I want technology to be present in our household and and having those conversations, I mean my my three year old knowing what the phone is and sometimes pretending to call me to talk to me when I'm not talking to him and that being a lifeline to connect that that speaks a lot of um, what kids understand from a really young age. So um, yeah, this has been a really helpful way for us to to think about it uh, to think about technology and its presence in our community as we continue to learn and grow. Um, over to Berkeley, I think you had one more question. Well, I think we kind of jumped into that, but that's all right. I yeah. just wanted to have a, like a round table for the last question here where we each get to share. Uh, how do we support our learners as we strive to become good stewards of technology? And for us at school, it's about education, right? But um, sure. more so than that, of course, we're teaching the life skills as well. But so how do we support learners um, as we try to be good stewards of that. That's a question round table. And I know mm -hmm. as a principal, Matthew, I loved your analogy of curving inward and mm -hmm. that the prob how problematic that is um, when um, kids or people just see technology as just creating this funnel of downward and just looking introverted. And I love that example of Christ calling us to be extroverted and to uh, show God's love outward. And so as a principal and us, like for us, I start with 11-year-olds, and in my school, it goes 11 to 14-year-olds. Uh, that's grade 6, 7, 8. So how do I guide them to, uh, to spin that around so they're not the introverted, but they're the extroverted? So you've allowed, you've created that thought in me, and I'm going to keep processing that and getting uh, teachers to uh, reflect on that and try to find ways to turn that around so it is seen as something positive rather than negative. Totally, yeah. I, the image that I get when I think of the inward outward is kind of like this funnel cloud, right? Yeah. And you almost mm -hmm. cut that funnel cloud in half and the half is like neutral. Mm. And then the more narrow and downward you go, the more inward it is. And that kind of speaks to your thing about consumerism almost. Like you know you're a consumer when you're just thinking about yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, and teaching kids to discern, all right, and almost like drawing that on a whiteboard mm -hmm. and having different characteristics that come along with an expanding circle uh, and drawing them in that. And then what are the characteristics that show and indicate that you're going inward? Selfishness, focus, com comparison, uh, all these 
negative things, disconnect, lack of concern maybe for how others are responding or feeling when you say or, or treat them in a certain way as compared to the outward, which is to envelop them and to care how they feel, to walk with them, to focus on Jesus in relationship. And so um, I don't know if that's what the image was for, but that's what it, I picture in my head drawing it and even being able to spell it out so they can start to discern for themselves when it's no longer good digital citizenship. Yeah, you really invited us with your own honesty to go into uncharted territory where we can be formed to look more like Christ. And so, yeah, I'm just grateful for opportunity for me to reflect with my own family, for us to um, engage with staff members to think about their digital footprint and what we think about citizen as citizenship and how we're engaging in learning together. Um, so, yeah, for me, the, the takeaway is just the importance of having these conversations and being willing to say technology um, put in its rightful place means that um, there isn't a set of do's and don'ts. There is a continuous process of learning, of, of discernment, of asking the questions about how I am being formed or, or not being formed to be more like Christ. And so those are questions that you've left me with and I'm grateful for. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to to engage with the wise, with mm -hmm. some kids. We don't do phones because we want to be a living room where there's real life here. Yeah. We interact with each other face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. We don't want to shut down your continued connection past this place, even if it's digital, yeah. but we want to make sure we focus on the living room Yeah, that's and right. don't get stuck in the foyer. Yeah, I wanted to encourage you guys because mm -hmm. um, we have an LCS student that goes to our church, and she was just reflecting on the series we went through as a church on on the digital age and following Jesus. And she was thinking about her time here at Langley Christian. And she was very thankful because um, you do have a cell phone policy mm -hmm. where she um, has not been able to use her cell phone in the hallways and, and in class and stuff like that. And she realized that um, that was there's a big difference between her high school experience and the high school experience uh, of some of her peers just down the road here mm -hmm. in our city who are at a pretty big public school and they, they're on their phones all the time in class, in the hallways. <laughs> and she said what, it, what it's done at LCS is it's made her look like she said, when I need to find my friends, I've, I have to run around the halls to find them. Like I can't just text them. I have to <laughs> right. like be like, where are they? And then, and then you plan on getting together and you're actually having face-to-face -face conversations or whatever it was. She was just reflecting on that just that principle um, has been very helpful. And so I just want to encourage you guys, you already have a high school student who's already thankful right. <laughs> for your cell phone policy. And yeah, you know, explaining a deeper why is yeah. probably helpful, but like, I just want you to know it, it has made an impact. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I just, I'm grateful for, for schools like Langley Christian that are kind of taking those moments to say, Hey, cell phones aren't evil. It's just, this is not a space for that currently <laughs> and, and teaching them how to be digital citizens. I think that's, that's a double win. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Matthew. We've just uh, so appreciated you engaging with us today. Gave us lots of food for thought. Uh, we're even going to be uh, revamping our digital citizenship program a little bit mm -hmm. uh, to talk about the whys and wisdom. I love that. Um, so thanks, listeners, for uh, being with us today. And uh, stay tuned. More to come.